Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Classic Quest podcast, the show where we break down the classicest hip-hop albums throughout history, even mm-hmm. modern history, yep. even albums like Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib's Piñata, which, which is a little more on the recent side, but on the quality side, it still brings it. So that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And to clarify, we talk about albums like Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib's Piñata, track by track, exactly. giving our thoughts and opinions on every single song. All it's been it. a couple weeks. This is a rusty intro, but we we gonna press on. We gonna smash through that pinata track by tracking, explode the candy on the masses, <laughs> and that's what we we're gonna do. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. we're back. We got this uh, review lined up. This one is a patron request over from Mr. Coney Spark. So thank you. This is this is your review, even if it's a little bit late. Um, and yeah, we're gonna get through it without wasting any real times and whatnot. So basically, yeah, special thanks in advance to the patrons. It's Mel Gadamsey, Chris Prouder, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, Coney Sparks, uh, and Scribble. Uh, they're dope. We're going to touch on that at the end. But now we're going to get into the beginning as to where we introduce our familiarity with the artist Freddie yep. Gibbs and Mad Libs to kind of make it a little fairer. We realized along the way that the people who tend to click on our reviews tend to be fans of the particular artist that we are talking about, meaning that if we come off all grandiose like we know some things y'all don't necessarily like that when it's not so true so we thought it'd be cool to start off each show you know telling you where we're at in our freddie gibbs and mad lib fandom at this point so why don't we start with you bonnie why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts and experience going into this album well i mean i got nothing um (laughs) Not that I've got nothing, actually. I have a little bit of something. Um, I don't, I didn't know, I don't know, I didn't know whatever, um, Freddie Gibbs. Um, But I did know who Madlib was. And I knew the name and I looked him up and I was like, oh yeah, he worked with like MF Doom on like Mad Villain. And we covered that album. So I was like, I knew I knew that name. So um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you kind of know just from that experience, or at least I did, or do, whatever, um, that it was going to be an interesting sound. Um, And I think that that's uh, definitely what we have here. So that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So on my my hand, it's a little bit different. Um, Very recently, Mr. Christopher received free concert passes to go see Freddie Gibbs perform in promotional single for the Bandana album. I think it's Bandana. That just came out with Mad Lib. So Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib teamed up again, dropped a project uh, somewhere recently, six months-ish kind of land. Chris and I actually ended up reviewing that album, so we put that out there Um, because Chris was supposed to do a review and they never did so we had to live up so we talked about the album Uh, Chris went to that little show it was at Montreal's Mural Festival so cool of Freddie Gibbs to come on through for that And uh, I just had to say that I knew who Freddie Gibbs was because he was featured on like somebody or another's album that we had come across because like Freddie Gibbs is more on that, I'm going to call it crime side of rhyming. And uh, all the big guys in that genre have have, like worked together and across the, the different albums we reviewed, but I couldn't remember who it was. But his voice is very distinct. So like the second you hear it once, it's kind of locked in and the next time you hear it you just remember plus his name is freddie gibbs plus i think we actually did um 
one of his collab albums, Chris and I, I think Currency, mm. Freddie Gibbs and somebody did it. So like, like I've, we've covered him a few times and like I'm, I've been kind of left with this impression that he's an excellent fucking rapper. Like he's one of those names that I really, really enjoy. Didn't Freddie Gibbs and Currency do an album? Anyway, I should be knowing this because it's like we did these reviews, but whatever. Um, so Madlib, on the other hand, is kind of left me with the same kind of impression because yeah. he's again a name that I've come across a few times. I've listened to a fair bit of his work. We did do the Mad Villainy, but I'm pretty sure I've just done other albums he's been involved with, or at very least, I've come across his production time and time again. And I'm constantly left with like this feeling that Madlib has this very distinct skill set where he can he can make replayable records. Yeah, like. You never get and interesting ones. Like he, he does it. He's he's very unique and like he does a great job. So um, Coney Sparks uh, requested this and gave me a list of albums to choose from, and I think we did the Freddie Gibbs Madlib album pretty recent. So I picked that one because it seemed like I remember a lot of people by a lot. It was probably like two being like, "Yo, check out Pinata," and I said I would. And this time I lived up to that, you know, thing where I actually said I would. And then I did it recent. Mm-hmm. That never happens. Um, but I was I was just really excited to go into this. Um, I guess you could say I was like a baby fan of both of these guys. Like to the point where if I see either of these names, it just kind of creates a level of excitement for me. And I like the album cover too. It's just simple. It's got that like zebra skin mm-hmm. border surrounding just Freddy sitting there. Yeah. Just being Freddy. Yeah. Just I mean, simple. He just looks pretty chill like i mean like the the zebra print makes me think of like wild of africa of like something like that so like that's kind of like what i get from it um and then like this kind of cool guy just like sitting on like a park bench or whatever um and then yeah basically freddie gibbs has this like quote for the title where he just kind of felt like the hoods of pinata is shit and just kind of i don't know i'll I'll get to it later when we talk about the track Mm -hmm. but for me it's an interesting title because a pinata is so fragile and often interesting to look at but it's just like you it's basically exists to be destroyed to get to the contents that's with inside of it you know Mm -hmm. so in a way it's almost like you tear off the the wrapping and the cover of the album just to like destroy the pinata the 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 more pretty side of it to put that boring ass CD you never look at into a player and you know consume the music yeah um, I don't know I like it I thought it was pretty plus it's distinct I knew this album existed for a long long time mostly because it's called Pinata and it came up on a list somewhere or another and you know how the fuck do you forget an album called Pinata I don't know I never did Pinatas are a fun thing I associate them with joy and candy in my mind <laughs> I don't know about you but I've had some Pinatas in my birthday uh, parties in my youth where we smashed that shit and the candy was inside of it I remember um, in like grade, grade 11 or something like that like um, we made a Pinata but we filled it with like those little um, like vodka bottles and stuff like that fantastic um speaking of that it kind of how do you feel about the title and cover actually um i mean yeah i mean same it's there's really not uh, much else to say about like either of those we kind of covered what the cover was and the title is what it is um i like it too the same sort of thing um apparently it had to do with a dream that he had yeah uh but we'll get into that more and this i don't think we mentioned it either that this came out march 18th 2014 yeah, so it's cool. It's one of the more modern albums we've done on the Classic Quest podcast. Not to say yeah. we don't talk about modern albums. Chris Chrome has a little review coming for y'all soon of a very modern Denzel Curry project. But the truth is, y'all are here because we 
put up the reviews so we is the supplier all right Bonnie, how do you feel about this little intro bit here um i love the beat like it's awesome right away it's like these um drums or whatever like these hand drums and um I like it like the I really like the first line. I find it's true. Um, only this like the strong survive. Uh, doing no matter what you gotta do to survive. Um, sometimes even um, at the cost of hurting others. Um, and it's basically like a skit with like a super sick beat that I like a lot. And like you know like when i was listening to this for the first time i was like yeah i'm already for sure gonna like this album um and i think it's it sounded pretty dope to start with very cool i gave it a 4.75 i like um i like it because it feels a bit like a throwback too it's um it has that more sample driven element to it you're using like right now freddie gibbs isn't talking so you get that first thing they're supplying dope to the black and mexican communities I mean, it shows that there's almost like a political side to it. There's something bigger, like, yes, they're involved in the dope game, but can we talk about why there's a dope game in the first place? And mm. I like the fact that it, it almost is provocative enough to, like, you know, shed that light. It's very blunt, but it's also interesting. And at this point, I guess, you know, education is starting to become a little more accessible. It's definitely something you can Google is, I guess, where I was trying to go with that. Yeah. Um, and then it also shows the mentality with the next little sample where the strong has to survive. You know, uh, the thing was to get it. It really didn't matter what the means was or how you had to go and get it. That mean you had to step on 10 people to get a dollar, then you step on 10 people. And you know, this is what I'd heard constantly, only the strong survive. And like, it's a powerful like sentiment. So like, if you really like think about life, the internet and the way that we all manifest and consume information today is i guess a present reality and we often like to go back in time and apply the ethics and the moralities and the opportunities of today to like a yesteryear situation but like i think what the point of all this is to contextualize the mindset of that reality that used to be where you basically grow up your whole life being told by older cats and older folk and you know people who have let's say six achieved a level of success in this environment mm -hmm. that the only way to make it through is to be ruthless to do what you have to do to think for yourself and for your family because what else are you going to do are you really going to rely on handouts or are you going to go out there and get it and actually achieve it and if you think about the fact that let's say like you can't just go watch a YouTube ad where a new opportunity is going to pop up in your face prior to like what 2008 you know even yeah. like later than then so even it just kind of sheds a light on how a dude like you know especially an older rapper guy because I don't think Freddie Gibbs is that young I think he's more on the older late 20s early mm -hmm. 30s and I might be wrong um, but like he doesn't sound like he's 15 is what I'm trying to convey so it sounds like he would have grown up in that world before the internet at least because like basically he's currently 37 years old yeah so he's absolutely back then he was like 32 31 whatever so he grew up like pre-internet era so I think it's cool to hear these kinds of samples these kinds of mindsets that are layered over just that popping kind of beat that sets a context to let you know a little bit almost like the backstory to where Freddie's coming from before Freddie's about to come in and do his thing on the next track. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was a powerful start, and I gave it a 4.5. Nice. Um, yo, just to give Mad Lib his credit, those drums just have your head bopping. Absolutely, yeah. It really sets the ambiance. And it's really cool to 
see how you can create such a different experience with these like more boring dreary sounding samples by putting the right musical emotional element underneath it to kind of like they made it bop you know like it wasn't just kind of boring it was like some serious shit but you kind of vibe in you kind of get it into the vibe as you move into talking about scarface this the type of shit that make me walk around like this pretending like i can be all fly and i try to do little dances and stuff and i don't know i don't know if you can't see me whatever i'm bopping around like this beat just right off the jump like it makes me wish i could do some sea walks and shit because like like it makes me want to go like watch youtube videos to get my dance steps on i'm not even kidding like it just it's fucking it doesn't isn't it bumping doesn't it make you want fucking moves and shit yep Anyway, yep. before I talk a whole bunch, how do you feel about this track? Um, well, I definitely agree with you. It definitely has like a sick beat, um, as well as like a sick like rap flow. I think it's really cool. Um, and we've got some like really uh, interesting like old school like samples like mixed in, and like Madlib is like clearly creative and like really like interesting in how he like makes his music. Um, and so this is like basically a story about encounters with dangerous situations um, that he's been in growing up, involving you know drug dealing and violence and like you know that sort of mischief. Um, and you know, doing what again, what you have to do to survive. So it kind of continues on with that sort of theme. Um, and then like an old school like news clip is like featured as well. Um, and I think it's like a very like interestingly creative piece of music. And I really like it. Um, and it changes so much that it doesn't get like stagnant or boring. Um, and it's really like fun. And I like it's. I don't know. It just is so unique. It's very different from like, you know, the normal stuff that you hear on the radio. So, yeah, um, very cool. Um, I like the, the way that it makes me feel and like that it like it, it is able to like instantly like transport me and like put me in like a different like headspace. And I think that that's kind of cool. And I think that's like, you know, a fantastic compliment to um, to both of them, really. Uh, so I gave it a four point seven five on five. Yeah, it starts out real strong. The beat kicks in. Odd. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not as sold on the intro and the outros with the cutting and the samples. I felt like I wanted more Freddy. Okay. And the reason for that is because, like, you get through the intro and then you got that chief and I think I hear my heart beat. Smoking got me booming. I'm like, ooh, what kind of a flow? He comes in kind of early on that shit. He fucking like just rides that beat like you. Like, he basically is rapping like he's a marijuana high on that beat. <laughs> like, like it just feels like weed smoke up in the air flowing and just kind of vibing. And, like, it's got this tight boppiness to his flow that just, like, like it hugs it in a way where it, it is because he came in early and he was consistent with it that he just kind of made it, like, fucking just fly over it, just gliding, almost like he's dancing on the beat with his freaking voice and i think that is my favorite part of it so when he stops doing that because it's only like at most half the track right because the rest of it is intro and outro and whatever yeah i was like mm, come back to that like super sick ass flow and whatnot but i could live with it because again it's super fucking fire it just it just wakes you up like so i was hitting up the ellipticals and whatnot on this one and every time it's just like i found myself achieving some of those higher like effort points while this song came on because it just it, it gets you pumped it gets you rolling and i think that's what makes it fun right like 
at the end of the day on a lyrical point it has a more heavier tone and it's more serious to like think about but when you just kind of playing it it has this very enjoyable gets gets you lost in it kind of experience plus he's not like overly fucking grandiose or annoying about it right like look there's some guys who just want to tell me about the brands and just want to tell me whatever instead it just this is more ambiance shit like let's jack this person because he got some shit we can't afford i'm like hmm that might be like the most relatable reason you would rob somebody like we're broke and we can't afford it and this guy's coming around here and he can't afford it I mean, it's not like a moral reason. It's, it's reasonable, I guess. But like, it's not when like, you're in that situation. It's reasonable. But like, it's still human, right? Like, it's yeah. it's like okay. I feel, I, like it, I feel like the philosophers would like get it. Well, I I, I feel like instead of just like I'm trying to get rich, it's like yo, we are in a desperate situation over here, and I mean, yes, they're all trying to get rich and whatever, but just the way you put the logic down like it's just simple like we, you have it and, and we don't and when you think about the little intro that came before right because i've been thinking a lot about albums versus singles because i'm reading the steve jobs books and one of the biggest um pushbacks against the itunization of the music industry was artists going yo but albums need to be played in a particular order to have the full impact and when you think about that mentality of you know he just got some shit we can't afford coupled with the little uh only the strong survive speech we just got it adds like an extra layer of oomph to it that wouldn't exist if you just heard this track in and of itself so i think the placement is really strong because he's already justified in a sense why this is the way it is but then kind of relating it to his own personal experiences and which is which is deeper man this i'm telling you straight out this album is like pretty fucking classic territory it makes me happy to have it on a show called the classic west because yo mouth is fire but like it's just strong and it's got like that level of building on it right like i feel like he's trying to communicate like a bigger story of his life and whatnot through it you know another day in gary a couple people in the morgue he's got the beating with his weed crumbs on plus sheets people want to hate they got yellow taped and white sheets and it's just such context context right like and in gary which google Maps shows to not be a pleasant place it is not not the best um it's you pretty know, abandoned. We'll get more into that. So, maybe. like, you have people who are basically dying a lot, crime, you know, weed's a regular part of it, but it's it just paints it in a way where it's got that more, this is the way it is, rather than, it's not saying feel bad for me. It's not saying this is cool. It's just, this is my day, you know? And instead of talking, my chopper, you gonna let it rip, all the bullets that got my name on it, I'm still in the clip. Like, it's a bitch, I was a virgin, hope she let me fuck. And I like that, you know? Because, like, honest (laughs) and it's like at least if let's gonna be a bitch you get a chance to get with her get something out of it take your quick little nut pray i missed before a person bust his last nut homie 84 got the same rims that mine had freddie jumped up in it like a fresh man with the dime bags he started small time dope game cocaine pulling stick ups to the person from a no name and it's just like my whole world is kind of desperate and sad so my way to fuck the world and get it was to create my little empire which fundamentally migrates into the music distribution where i guess the arts and the narcotics have a similar mindset required to pull off through if you consider that your music is your is your product and you know anyway y'all know what the fuck i'm talking about i'm sure plenty of crack dealing rappers have eloquently put this in much better detail than i have uh not in punk detectives in my section know my whole name gibbs and that's a fascinating point like it's gotten to the he's elevated 
he went from pebbles to the whole thing he's like accomplished and it's almost like this kind of sets you up to be like i've lived through a very challenging life and i have evolved myself into a significantly better person and then he has his outro where he sounds kind of tough you know what you know my fucking ski mask you know what you know about that my fucking duct tape to a person's face and it's like all right that's cool and there's another (laughs) probably not i mean like it has an yeah, intensity it's cool to when it. When you say it, it but like, it's like probably the track. not actually cool to have duct tape on your face. And then I don't know. It kind of like rolls out. I'm giving this a four point five. I, again, I'm not as sold on the intro and outro parts. I think the the verse, the beat, the everything else, like the package is really good. I would have preferred it to be a little different. That's okay. That's my opinion. I still think it's pretty fucking stellar. And every time it comes <laughs> on, you just get sucked into it in a really good way. It's a great follow up to the intro. And yeah, uh, well, if you get were, into it a little bit deeper, it will be deeper. So I suppose on the gangster albums, you go and you have the ones that are like 11 straight tracks of like the same thing. And a good example of what I love of this is uh, Griselda or like uh, Benny the not Benny the Butcher. Uh, West Side Gun might have like 17 tracks in a row of him just flossing. It sounds amazing all the time, and I can do 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 for ages. But what I wasn't expecting is for the next track to transition into such a, a different subject, like a serious, like, mm-hmm. when do you get this take on a love song, right? I mean, we'll go through it. We'll let even Barney start because it's, it's a love me. song. But I was just, I just had to <laughs> say the placement of this track on this album got my interest because it made me realize i have to pay attention to this album these songs are actually going to be about things rather than just aimless flossing which the first track didn't necessarily convey the same level of that and keep in mind i haven't gone through like i'm just saying this like if you listen to a lot of albums sometimes you don't have to pay attention sometimes you do have to pay attention and this this song proves anyway how do you feel about this one um like i mean it's pretty cool uh this one has like a classic story vibe to it like right away you kind of get that just because it has that kind of like high pitched like sort of like violin or something sort of sound that's like in it um so this is basically about um this girl that kind of like got him into a little bit of trouble and he fell for her and you know gave him some good sex and then good sex she sucked him like a vacuum (laughs) yeah like that um and then like and then she like moves on like without him um he goes to jail though yeah that's why she moves on yeah and then i was a little confused i'm like then he's like with the with the same girl or he's or he's with a different girl i wasn't sure which one and then um i I assume it's this i assume it's the same girl so he goes back with her, I guess. And um, she, you know, loves like the hood life and like all that kind of stuff. And he loves her. And then she goes off to college and she gets engaged to like some like smart guy trying to be like an astronaut and realizes that there's probably more to life than um, the hood life and like, you know, the trouble and, you know, the all the, the unfortunate situations that happen there. Um and she's able to do something better for herself and get up, get away from that and, you know, make, you know, you know, good choices in her life. 
Um, and he's kind of like sulking about it, you know, that she got away. And he's kind of like, man, that's my girl. And um, and then in the third verse, he's kind of like talking about kind of years later and, you know, where he's at in his life. And he's making music and, you know, girls are always trying making to money. And of course, money. Um, and girls are always trying to like get him, uh, you know, to, you know, do what girls and boys do. Um, <laughs> but he's like basically like not about that and he's not, he doesn't want to commit or anything like that. And then the girl calls him up out of nowhere and, you know, even though she's pregnant and, uh, they kind of like talk about like the good old days and, you know, you know, everything else. And she can, she confesses to him that the baby isn't like her partners and it's just, you know, some other guys and she's kind of screwed. Her. It's like his baby. Is it, is it his baby? That's what I took from him. Oh, I thought it was somebody else's baby because I thought she hadn't, he hadn't seen her in a long time. Um... Well, I mean, because the kid he had five years ago or whatever, because the story moves ahead. Oh, So that okay. kid she had with college guy was actually Freddie's baby. Oh, and now okay. she's coming through and Freddie's rich to be like, oh, Freddie, mm, the kid's actually okay, see, yours, maybe you know? I missed, I missed on that. I thought it was just like like she was like, you know, needed to, to vent or whatever and that she had just kind of like screwed herself over. Um, but then like he's basically like, nope, I'm not going to help out with that. Like, that's not my problem. Like, you deal with it. Um, well, I mean, which, like, I mean, I suppose it's like, I don't know how I like in that circumstance, like how you would react to that. So I suppose that that's like a reasonable reaction. I mean, I would, I think he, he put it proper. It cut him, it cut him real deep to find out that like, you know, he'd been denied that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not going to like give you money at this point. Like, I mean, he's hurt, I guess. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's another nice and kind of like honest true story about like something that happened in his life and you know i like that kind of stuff it feels a little bit more real even if i you know i feel like well, i don't know he said he's not gonna give her money he just kind of was like he ends the song like damn what the fuck so what you trying to say baby baby ain't his whose is it uh yeah and then it just kind of ends mm. it leaves it like she dropped this bombshell on him and then that's but, like maybe the... she doesn't even know whose it is and she's just trying to get like money out of him or whatever I think that's the suspicion. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's also like, because there's the bigger arc of this track, right? Like, so it starts off slamming, half a thing of heroin in the bathroom, you know, keeping AK in the back up in the back room, cooking yeah. me a clean and she sucked me like a vacuum. Took a vacation to county, I'll be back soon. So she's all into him when he's a cool ass drug dealer and the whatever, whatever. He goes away to, to jail and he's going to be back soon. Mm-hmm. Send a couple zeros, money on my JPay, paying off the CO, smoking on the gateway. So he's got money, he's chilling, he's having a good party. And then he finds out shortly after that she gave my thang away, as in he's uh, she'd been fucking around. Yeah. And she's about to have a baby with a person, that's what they say. So in this reference, she gets pregnant while he's there. And that's mm. the time, like in verse 3, where she's kind of alluding that this pregnancy uh, is his okay, pregnancy. Okay, okay. Down. I'm like, but well, I thought he was like away in jail or something, but maybe, I don't know. And then it's like, well, now he's in jail, so damn, well, please say it ain't so. Took off the gloves, say it's love when it ain't, though. Her classmate was coming over. That was strange, though. Apparently, her the homework ain't all he came for. So while she was dating him, he was dating the smart guy, yeah. and then whatever. Maybe you grew up, maybe and I'm still living like I'm 16, like a child running wild in the streets. Man, I put that bitch up on her feet, she cut a person deep. So it's like he set her up, he probably helped her get into school, you know, while he's doing his illicit, then she meets the next guy. 
and then he feels betrayed because she shacked up with next dude and whatever and then he goes up to another town and he's kind of commenting on her how like she used to like the type of shit now we don't fuck around girl used to say them other people's wasn't hood enough got your little degree now people from the hood ain't good enough and i think that's the the real interesting point it's almost like imagine being that guy so you spend your whole high school essentially being told by these people and then these people i mean the women around you and i'm not saying it's for everyone i'm saying this is the context that he's painting here um that you gotta be hard you gotta go make that money you gotta go sign that dope because it's the only way to be impressive and then five years later when it's all time for families and settling down these same girls is like fuck you i'm gonna go a smart geeky dude and leave you alone and that must be something right and that's why this song kind of caught me off guard because it was like ice cube isn't usually this eloquent let's say when he describes his disdain for the ladies yeah but i feel like in the same way that freddie gibbs captured the humanity of that line like you know you have more than me so i have to rob you he's kind of putting to disdain his why he feels this way towards these women with a very vivid example of like how he got played where like you know so he's i hope you feel the pain i'm feeling when you hear this song and what a constructive way to like deal with it he's not lashing out he's not even being very specific he's just expressing this feelings of a circumstance that cut him real deep and then he finds out years later that you know the baby's his in the third verse and it's just to me like powerful i think one of my favorite lines is well bitch how you get the number like every other month i'm switching up that motherfucker and it's like it's crazy to him like he's trying to be discreet or whatnot and this girl is so dedicated to get to him to try to get something out of him to the point of using a kid as leverage for him like why is she going up now you know years later oh because he's rich or whatever and i thought it was just it was really strong it was like holy fuck that there's a lot to like absorb in this track in terms of again you you end up looking at freddie gibbs like he really got played bad like he's just a guy trying to deal with the circumstances and here's another layer of complexity to the onion that is his life i give this a 4.5 i really liked it yeah um i don't think it's great game my grade i gave it a 4.75 that's cool um next up features the homeboy danny brown whose voice is the literal definition of high <laughs> so let's talk about song placement supplier sets the context of the album serving as the overture the intro of like the experience scarface brings in freddie real he comes from a harsh environment you know putting down the world deeper shows the complications of the love situation of how this girl effectively took advantage of him to move on to a better place in life and abandon him and in response to being cut so deep he got high I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, that's actually like really good song placement. It's actually, and I'm like, I know it might sound like I'm being a little funny with it, but no, it's it's for real. Like, also there was a music video to Deeper. Freddie looks attractive. I would just he kind of has like a Tupac-esque feel to him. I think hmm. when I look at him, alright. Um, like he's got that deeper voice. He's got that airy presence. I don't know. The video didn't do a lot for me, but it felt nice for the sake of the the last song. This one doesn't have a video. Um, how do you feel about the track high um this one's nice um i feel like the ending to like the last song like flows nicely into this one so like that's another thing about like you know placement on like an album and like how it all flows together um and this one is all about surprise getting high 
Um, and his parents basically think he's like a loser and that he's like not going to school and you know he's like in like the situation where people are needing things from him and um, but he's you know and people are feeling stressed towards him because he's like needing to do a bunch of things uh, but he's like whatever I take it easy I, and smoke weed and um, he also talks about that he can also get you weed if you need um, and it definitely has like a 1970s sort of vibe to it. Like I like that kind of, like the whole thing sort of sounds like a record, kind of a little bit different eras, but sort of like a Motown record um, overall. So I think that that's kind of like cool um, sort of vibe that I get from it. Um, and in like the second verse, surprise, he's still high. And this one is more, um, he's high, but with ladies um on this uh in this verse or like groupies if you want to be a little bit more specific it's a threesome yeah and um you know he's so he's got these groupies and he's high and that's that and um i think one of them also like does coke so i think that that's um just also something i wanted to mention as well um and danny brown is on like the third verse and he's good and he definitely like you said he has definitely got a, a higher voice which i suppose is appropriate for this song um and works well with sort of like um freddie's sort of like gruffness to him um and he also smokes weed and um it seems like both of their women uh or like so the, the women that they're involved with tend to do coke as well so like that's something that they're both dealing with um, and then like the song like kind of slows down like a record like dying or whatever and someone is and then there's sort of like a skit and then somebody's asking if he's okay if he's okay and then it turns out that he's just high um, I don't know if I've ever heard of that where it's basically like you're like so out of it like from weed that like you're like well they, they, they never like tripping I, I got the feeling that they were doing a little bit more than just right I mean because there's other things that's going because on but there's, there's coke yeah there's um there's definitely like something going on and he's de they're definitely all high but maybe not all but it's also the like thing. they're drinking liquor they're all faded and wavy they're not yeah. Yeah. Definitely out of it. Um, so, I mean, this is like a, a good sort of like, you know, weed sort of song. Um, I gave it a 4.4. I didn't really love the skit, but it was fine. Um, so that's it. I like the way the track ends with the little skit kind of showing the effect of getting so high and so fucked up and out of it that you're basically slobbering on the floor, basically overdosing and shit. Yeah. And then it flows into the following song. Um, but I really enjoyed this. Um, I like the little beginning from Biggie. How's everyone doing tonight? I like that, you know? And then uh, Indo cushed out, Trillist Person Linda uh, ever pushed out. And I kind of like that because it's like shouting on his mom a little bit, you know? How she had pushed him out. Uh, anyway, never finished college like my brother or my sister. I was in the crib laying in a cush cloud. And that's an interesting point. Like, everyone else in his family went down this route. Instead, he got real high. He got real stoned. Everyone thought he was kind of mind-dead and pointless. Wasn't paying bills. You know, fuck you, person. You got to remind Fred because I'm carefree, sucker-free. Remember when the people that wouldn't fuck with me? Now I'm on the screen in these magazines. They'd be trying to stop a person like smoke something G. And then it's like it went from a point of y'all hating me and judging me for consuming marijuana 
at a point where now it's like, hey, Freddy's here. Let's smoke something, you know? Can we get some free shit? He's like, no, pay me. Get the fuck out. Um, and I kind of appreciate a little bit where he's coming from. As some of you may know, in October 17th, 2018, marijuana became legal in Canada. And I can assure you of one thing. I noticed a lot of changes in life surrounding that. Um, parents, yeah. as an example, there are a lot of middle class people went from like, and I swear it's like fucking overnight. <sighs> You're smoking pot. It's so bad. And it's so bad for you. You can't be smoking pot too. It's legal. And they all use that fucking stupid voice. Who cares? It's legal. And I'm like, this is the <laughs> stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. All because the law changed, and I, I suppose that's something else that happened too. Is we have had relaxed views, but mm. I mean, in a, in a literal sense, he's kind of like, "Yo, I got high, and this led to success within my life." Whereas the world around me kind of judged me, and now they're all there. Then in verse two, you know, he gets fucked up with Elise and Amanda. I really like the way he says that, like Elise and Amanda, because in my shows I make them host put the hands up. I didn't do that part proper, but I just like the way he said Elise and Amanda. So they came back to my room. They get rammed up we trying to slam or what because i'm trying to smoke when i finish with these wishes i'll be down your throat so he likes to smoke his blunt and then he likes to get his dick sucked and two of y'all one of me three of us should i hit my people up hell no nah, i'm gonna pound them both because it's a one-man job ain't no need for the crew i'm like i get where you're coming from freddie gibbs you don't i mean a lot of there's a lot of other guys out there who seem to really want to have a run the train situation which involves multiple dicks in one check and you know you share it with the homies and in some circles that's the shit freddie gibbs has the i got this i'm man enough to handle this woman these women and so he does and i just kind of liked his approach and i feel like there's something more suave about being like i don't need the team for this the team can be involved in a lot of things this is a fred this is freddie time i got this yeah i, I just like the energy the chorus is nice. The I get high, I get high. It's airy, it's cool. Then Danny Brown kicks in and just like early in the morning getting high with crusty eyes. And just saying that sounds like his voice. That's what his voice yeah, sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like it's high with crusty eyes. Rubbing on a mother will you know it's do or die. Hopping, hopping on my porch had to get on my grind. All because the trouble just copped uh, to my nine. Back in the caddy smoking shriggers with my person. Make a store around about to cop us for some liquor. And I was like, okay. He just like paints this freaking picture and then it ends and i'm like it was an interesting verse to listen to danny brown is, is an incredibly interesting rapper the combination of his voice and his obscure thought patterns right like run a bus stop i'm trading hoes and you know we ain't playing midwed listing oven open in the kitchen heated up the house when your shit could come up missing so it's pending his context but the way he like words it it's so scattered it is like he feels high listening to danny brown and i know at this point in his life he's really fucking coked out a lot it's like atrocity exhibition and him becoming more aware that hadn't happened quite yet um but i liked it i thought it was cool i liked the way it ends um i give it a 4.4 i thought it was a little bit less good than the ones that were 4.5s but like it's got a cool airy very easy to listen to vibe and uh yeah so everybody's kind of overdosing and whatnot and freddie gibbs thinking about chicken wings it's time right. to talk about harold's let's do it he goes to harold's in the music video and he gets those chicken wings and when i looked at those chicken wings that he's eating there with that lady i'm like no shit i'm going to harold's one day 
<laughs> and I'm getting more than six wings because I'm not that skinny. So I'm going to get 12 wings with all the fries you can give me. Anyway, how do you feel about this this banger right here? Um, this one's pretty great. The beat is super sick. Um, it's like so smooth and like makes your like head go from like side to side. And um, Madlib, Mad of course, again, does a great job. And you can tell like right away like how crisp it is. Um, so Harold's is this chicken restaurant in Gary, Indiana. Um, and again, so I, I, had, I looked up Gary, Indiana, and it's literally um, appears to be an abandoned city. Um, so I can imagine what it's like living there. And like, I'm, that's why he moved to L.A., which we find out. Um, it's also hard to be a musician person in a city without a scene like where everything is people. dying. Like, it's just like there's nothing there for them. So um, so he that's how he grew up. And um, <coughs> and he's basically like reflecting and, you know, he still carries a gun and isn't scared to, you know, get into anything with anybody. Um, and he still loves his chicken. And um, I like the hook. I think it's great. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of swearing, but it's um, awesome. <laughs> a plate of chicken with the bread stuck to the bottom. But fuck my enemies. What you looking for? Bitch, I got him, bitch. Said bitch, I got him, bitch. Said bitch, I got him, bitch. And it just kind of keep, keeps going like that. Um, and he definitely has him. So um, it, this is basically, he's talking about weed. He's talking about ladies in the hood and like how he gets like girls all the time. And it's like a nice song, I guess. Um, I like this one. I mean, I don't really care necessarily what he's saying so much on this one. Um, I'm just really enjoying like the beat and like the overall flow of it. Um, and this is like, I'm not really paying too much attention to like the words so much, if that makes sense. So I give this a, a 4.5 on five. Um, all I can say is uh, I had like reviewed this album a couple weeks ago and it's just been that late and getting the recording. So for the last like two weeks or so, I've had skinny six wings mild sauce with all the fries it could give me. I tell them bitches up. Like playing through my head for like nonstop. I've been craving Buffalo Bills, which is the closest thing to that we can get up in Montreal in my neighborhood. Yep. And they have chicken wings that kind of look like mm. really shitty versions of the ones he was eating, but they're close enough, I guess. Um, and then like when I saw how big the wings were in the music video, I was like, okay, I get why he's only getting six because there's a lot of fries and stuff. But he's also a skinny guy. He probably doesn't eat like shit like I do. So I'm like, I'm still convinced I want 12 wings if I go to this place. Like if I'm going all the way to Indiana to for Gary, these wings, Indiana? for these wings, which is a little, it's like up there with getting Crip Cola, Crip Cola. <laughs> like these are now bucket list items for behind that suit to like pull off. I would get like a nameplate from Gary's or Harold, sorry, and just get it on the wall somehow and just be mm, just random. Wanna, I feel like I'd want to go somewhere where like CeeLo and like those guys like all like hung out. This is food related, okay? Yeah, I know, I know. <clears throat> KFC's Harold Shark Sharks or Popeyes that need a suit with a plate of chicken got mob ties. It just sounds proper and he's talking about chicken and I really like chicken. I think he's literally really into it too. So simultaneously he's describing delicious fried chicken while how he's going to mob on his enemies like a boss. I got my license now I'm backseat fucking every week. A thick bitch living Miller go to work 3.30 school vote with them I was fresh under her skirt. And so it just kind of has like 
this old timey remembering back remembering back to like when he would like go to harold's get some chicken wings fuck girls in the back of his car he didn't hit without that trojan fuck around you might get burned so i really i appreciate it a man who promotes condom use she was raised in a church turned out in the ghetto lock it pussy pop but i swear this bitch deserve a medal and he just likes tearing up that church girl and uh teaching her what's up with it mm-hmm. and i don't know so like just the combination of that gangster shit with the guns the chicken like so, literally the chickens just but like it paints this picture of you can see like a young freddie gibbs just being carefree doing what he has to do living maybe a harder life but still taking the time to appreciate harold's you know when when harold's was on 15th you know and the the the, just the memories that came from some of the better parts of it and i I really like it it reminds me a bit of uh, royce the five nine and granted the the book of ryan came later on in history but we just did that song about like fucking bouncing his ball getting taken away by the corner store guy and just Mm -hmm. these like regular humanistic things like you don't have to be a gangster to appreciate that good chicken spot you know and i I like the way that he kind of has that element to these tracks and and anyway so overall this was another great one it's another 4.5 um i really want chicken wings every like for weeks now and i haven't had them and i might have to rectify that that's okay 4.5 like i said and uh, those chicken wings look like the bomb like this song could have come out as an instrumental and been stellar not to say that freddie gibbs and raekwon aren't also great it's just <laughs> that mad libs is that much more superior on this track to like everything else like that outro is so you get to the genius page and it says warning the outro is super trill and it is it's really super trill i, I don't know <laughs> if there's a better word to describe it it just flows and like it stops like right the, the, i mean first of all the beats just fucking wavy like that hook that yeah like it's just like wow you don't need words there that's just really strong and it just kind of catches you in and it just adds this effect and then the song kind of like ends and it just pauses and then this like enthrallingly instrumental outro comes through where like yo you know like dr dre likes to leave like 90 seconds of boring Madlib is like the literal opposite. He brought like 30 seconds of the most rivetingly concise, like pulls it in and just perfects the song and like closes it out proper. What do you think about this one? Um, yeah, I mean, this one's definitely pretty cool in terms of the sound. Um, and this one's sort of about like the, that he's, well, I'll just kind of like talk about it. Um, so he's like dealing with like the stress um that he has from debts um and he you know stress from like ladies and kids that he's got and all this stuff and but he's got people that owe him money as well um so he's definitely got things that he needs to be dealing with um and i suppose it's sort of like nice to hear that he's like like at this point where he's like not really wanting to be a gangster but like what else can i do like that's kind of the situation that he's in it's like there's no other jobs for me there's no other way for me to make money like this is the only thing that i can do and so it's not that he's wanting to do he's not promoting being a gangster or whatever and being a drug dealer or whatever he's just saying like this is my only option um and this is sort of like what he was dealing with so he sells all the drugs and um you know he do what he he does what he can to survive um and he's like at the point where he's basically like well aware of the fact that he's going to end up going to jail 
um, and sort of, you know, he understands the consequences of the choices that he's made, but this is unfortunately, again, the, the situation that he's in. And um, we've got Raekwon on the third verse, um, and he fits really well into this song, I found. Um, and he's telling, you know, the same sort of thing that he's like willing to steal to get by and that he carries a gun. And again, like they do what they can to make money and whether it's stealing or whether it's selling drugs, you know, these aren't, you know, anybody's first choice of what you want to be when you grow up, but this is the situation. And these are like the, you know, they take the sacrifice of having to do this in order to like feed their family and get by. So... Um, yeah, so it's definitely like it's it has like a, a dark, serious sort of like eerie sort of sound to it. Um, and like the like the last 30 seconds are like great, like, you know, super nice beat. Um, and I'm not really sure like why it's there necessarily on this song, but um, it's not bad. It, it's short. It's quick. Um, so it totally is fine. And um, this is like another song that's like honest and um, talks about like the, the hard times and the realities of, um, you know, like this sort of situations that they're in and, you know, Gary, Indiana and like, you know, their life and like the choices that they had to make and drug dealing and like their past. And so it's um, it's interesting to hear about that. And um, so they both do a pretty great job. So I gave it a 4.5 on 5. Yeah, I like the... The, like starkness to the way Freddie Gibbs yeah. spits his lyrics. It's always like that's I think something that stood out to me that's made me like remember. I'm like slamming drugs got me waking up in cold sweat. Sometimes I'm slightly off my rocker, but I'm on deck. And it's it's like right away, drugs doesn't give me this happy feeling. It's like I'm anxious. I'm fucked up, but I got this. Got two and a baby off my bitch's student loan check. Which to me kind of sounds like his girl got her student loan check, so he's like, yo, let me flip that and I'll get you back that money. So, and I'm like, whoa, that's interesting, right? Because his details like that, when like, I don't think I've heard another rapper describe taking his girl's student loan money to flip it into drugs before. And I think it's noticeable when, after all of the albums we've talked about, when you get these things that you've never heard anyone say before. Mm -hmm. I'm not even saying he's the first one to say it. I'm saying I've never heard it before. Then she hit my line to get that girl. I call it phone sex. And then it's an interesting line because it's the double entendre of when a girl wants to fuck and you actually literally have phone sex or a white girl being cocaine. And so when you hit the line to get that girl, he calls it phone sex, meaning it's distribution, which is just showing his clever right. wittiness. But Robin, like my problems ain't going to catch up to me later. Bitch, I'm mobbing like OG Bobby Johnson, split your potato. I don't know who Bobby Johnson is, but I like the idea of Robin, like my problems ain't going to catch up later. It's like he's living life in the now. And in a sense, I can personally relate to that. For a couple of years, I treated my credit cards in that kind of mentality where it's like you do what you have to do to acquire what you need to acquire with this assumption that maybe one day it's not going to slam you in the face and then it does and you have to deal with it um i mean maybe credit card debt's not quite the same as robbing people but <laughs> anyway the line i still related to at the table cooking shaving touching base with them bases but they try to make a play for the year as soon as they taste it and then he just kind of flows through about his gangster shit being proper and he's making it now um and it's nice like it, it's really strong and again it just kind of paints it in this this is my life kind of way it's not a glorification it's not a criticism it's just what he knows 
Um, in the second verse, it kind of has some people trying to go for him. Um, he's going to go murk the whole litter. Told my girl to leave soon as I hung up the phone with her. Man, I heard you robbed the robbers. Look, Freddie, a cool person. Got ice maker for a heart make person from the start. Uh, life is like a movie. All I do is play my fucking part. So it's like when he finds out there's some situations going on and he has to handle it, he's like, get out of here to his woman because he knows the violence is real. And sure, some people might think that they're going to come at him like he's a robber. They're going to rob the robbers. Like they're going to come at him with some mentality of justice or whatever, but he's cold and he's going to come through and he doesn't feel bad for it because he just played his part. He did what he have to do. Um, chefing up the crack to heroin and weed a la carte. I call it Fast Freddy's. I should own a fucking restaurant. So in a way, the way he distributes drugs is no different than any other chef or whatever. Just doing what he has to do to move his recipe through the hood. Yeah. Um, and he he just kind of was fly with that. I really enjoyed the way he spits it. He's very fast-paced with this. But then he ends it on such a hard line, you know, as he pointed out. Um well, he broke him down and started selling nickels to the neighbors. Eventually, the penitentiary gonna simulate later. And I like the fact that he's recognizing, like, yo, I was selling drugs to, like, the people around me and shit, you mm-hmm. know? I know on a later track, he's, like, talking about selling to his aunt so that she doesn't suck dick off of the next dude, you know? Like, yeah. it's that kind of complexity where it goes, is it bad to sell drugs to your aunt if it prevents her from sucking dick? These are the moral questions in life yeah. that you would normally not ask. But uh, eventually the penitentiary gone simulator kissed my mama, told her if I die, then it was part of nature. What? And then do, 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 do. <laughs> but it's such a powerful way to end it. Like, look, this is just the cards are dealt in life. I had to play this role. There was no other choice for me. And if I were to not make it through, then that's what it is. And so instead of just like I love her, it's like rest assured that this is the way it was supposed to be, which is a more serious, I guess, approach to that. Um, then Raekwon comes through. 28 days later we all getting fresh uh got the heart to die for something flesh to flesh the lambo got her outside it's a stretch my bitch half mexican afghan i'm blessed from living tough times with rough lemons a gorgeous watch my team on dreadful level yo yeah we still getting money right and i was like there's something different about raekwon's words like his voice and the way he raps sonically fits the track real well and i guess you could argue Raekwon is meant to be like a projection of Freddy's future where he's going to end up okay. at the end of the day because otherwise Raekwon's kind of flossy in a way where like there's no struggle in his verse it's just all reward in a sense it's just kind of nice you know he's ready he's rolling through things are good now so maybe that's just kind of how I took it like Freddy doesn't die his future is more destined to be like like what Raekwon brings to the table in that verse but I thought lyrically it was a Raekwon was a little bit weaker but he sounded like you said like he belongs on the track yeah and there's that outro which is pretty proper and overall I gave this a 4.5 I thought it fit this album real nice um I could have done with just another Freddy verse personally and that might have actually bumped it into that five on five line and overall like I'm, I'm pretty impressed that like six tracks in all the songs have a consistent gangster tone to it but he manages to do it in a way where the subject matter is different track to track rather than just doubling down on some formulaic approach it feels like this is a journalistic perspective piece like his memoirs almost which Hmm. is really kind of fun which uh i mean yeah next up uh i guess we can talk about shitsville
This one has such a good flow to it. This mm-hmm. is a real good song. How do you feel about this real good song? Yeah, um, he raps pretty quickly on this one. Um, I just want to like see that because it's like he spits fire on this one, um, and it definitely has like a really nice grimy, eerie, creepy sort of like a beat that's just like it gives you like anxiety. It's like it kind of has that like in it, and so it just like I don't know. It feels interesting. And um, we're talking basically about the same sort of stuff as like, you know, some of like the previous songs, um, drugs, the hood, girls, poverty, like that kind of stuff. Um, And he's dealing with his cars falling apart. And he's also talking about cheating and like situations, you know, there. And, you know, all of these terrible things are all just part of Shitsville and like that sort of. Where, where he lives it's kind of what he's talking about and just like the realities that no matter what like you're just going to end up on drugs and like these same behaviors are going to keep happening as like the you know the older generations are just going to keep happening and because things never get better and things never stop in Shitsville. And, you know, he talks again about selling drugs to get by and that he's willing to be violent and do what he has to do. Um, And like it just it's, you know, it's the same sort of messages sort of. But just like it's just so like dramatic and intense. And like the beat has like this sort of like warped in like violin um, feeling. And again, it kind of just makes you feel like on edge, like, you know, every like it's like you're just like in like this creepy, um, you know, grimy dirty city or something and you're kind of just like scaling like around the buildings and things like that it kind of has like like you're always nervous and stuff and so I imagine that that's kind of the unfortunate reality of like living in a place like that doing these crimes like being you know having to do all this when you know you could die at any point like it's just sort of like the reality of a lot of this unfortunately um and I think that he's you know there are others that are just like him that are in a situation so he's not like alone in 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 this and like as we've heard you know we've listened to many um artists talk about similar types of situations um poverty and you know being in drugs and in violence and just like being involved in all of these things and so it's not like unique just to him so that's the unfortunate part here is that this relates to like a lot of people on like a direct way and i think that that's sort of just something to think about um and then like the last like 40 seconds or so are um something that sounds sort of like the 80s i don't know what it was um it was like i have no idea what like the sample um that was used was i don't know what it was um but it sounds fine it worked um and so yeah this is just like life in the hood sadly another sort of raw real track that we're getting from him where he's talking about like his personal experiences and like the things that he's seen and whatever else so i give this a 4.5 on 5. i mean i totally agree with what you're saying except with the caveat that that chorus is totally like looking at how people act like they're better than him or act like they're different than him anyway and that's probably what i think is really cool about this track like you wake up every day and pray before you sleep right you motherfuckers just like me you shed tears when you're hurting if i cut you then you bleed right you motherfuckers just like loompa bitch you acting like your shit don't stink bitch you acting like your shit don't stink i said you're acting like your shit don't stink and then he's like welcome to shitsville you know yep 
And so I kind of took it like he's putting in this perspective where he's humble about his shit, which is definitely something I would say to be true so far with this. And I think he's trying to look at maybe the different rappers or the different, like I took this almost like an attack on like some more the industry, more on the different people okay. in other hoods and whatever. So while he's like kind of like people ain't going shit and get the fuck up off the toilet stool, bent behind my tendons, I commenced to take these boys to school. So it's in a sense, like, if, I guess if you look at the contest side of it, like, if y'all trying to say some shit like you hard or whatever, then if you ain't going to produce what you're supposed to, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to show you what it's really about. Don't drive no yellow bus, but I got mayonnaise and mustard, which is, uh, I guess, drug lines. Both tires go wired in my Chevrolet bucket, and now my transmission leaking and my rear suspension squeaking. And I, I took that as lines of where you hide your drugs. Like you would stick it up with a uh, the suspension is, so it kind of has a squeak. So he's actually just using these lines of his car falling apart to allude to his actual mm. distribution methods, you know? But right. also conveying the poorness, like he's not rich, because this is his fucking grim shitsville. Drop a rock off to my geek or fix my shit, man. I'm out your creeping, twist that shit, but I'm out your tweaking for that 20 twin twin. Take that shit in 95, I watch him Friday with my friends. Fucked your bitch in 96, hit that pussy for six minutes, said that dick was everything she envisioned on each business. And then, you know, Papa kept his condoms in his bottom drawer, they for his bottom hoe. I stole that shit, I was up, I wonder if my mama know. So that's interesting too. So his dad's out fucking the next chick and has these yep. condoms stashed away and he's stealing his dad's condoms. And meanwhile, he's wondering if his mom knows what's up with everything. And then she wonder if she know her older brother like to light them rocks. I wonder if she able to get by if I get killed. Told her I was knee deep in this shit. Welcome to Shitsville. So it's like ending on this confession that she's caught up in the middle of it but like so everyone else around him has got their own version of shit going on mm -hmm. and i think the bigger point is you could be up in the suburbs right but what's the difference then when you got all your infidelity driven opian kids overdosing blah 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 like, i'm not trying to say it's all the same thing i'm saying you can't act like your shit's better when every place seems to have its own like shitsville situation kicking it you know yep. um People going, going shit and get the fuck up off the piss up. Got O's allowed in my living room like I was Lennox. Trapped a person and his wife for his wallet and his wristwatch. And they say I might do life in jail for kidnap bitch. I did not give a single solitary fuck. I stand on all ten toes, one dick and two nuts. Don't do yay or shoot up. But I went back and forth with some work and I went through a few plugs. So he doesn't care about the consequences per se. He's going to do what he has to do. He doesn't partake in the product that he distributes. He just kind of distributes and does what he has to. Mm -hmm. The white devil society dare a person to do drugs. And I thought that was strong because in a sense you could argue pretty easily that a bunch of white people pay a bunch of rappers to promote a bunch of messages of doing a lot of drugs. You could argue yep. it really easily. Um, you could probably argue against it, but it's easier, in my opinion, to argue that somebody's trying to make that happen. And I like how he doesn't promote that. Like, you don't hear Freddie outside of smoking pot go out there and tell you to do some other shit, you know? And, uh, you know, weed's definitely He's in a different to be a good tier. Person. And he acknowledges what he had to do, but. I don't know. Crack was black America's cup of coffee in the beginning. When they creep up and you wake and your crackers can fight the feeling. Motherfuck euthanasia. I'll lace your food with razors. Make you gargle with salt water. Excuse yourself from my table. And so I like how 
he kind of flips it back to point out that it was like a racist system that created this series of shit spills that he encountered and that there was definitely like a lot of shit like the cia dropping drugs into the hood etc and then i don't know i like the way he just kind of creates that like you wake up every day and pray before you sleep you motherfuckers just like me like just that power in the way he says that like yep. and then cheat on your girl your wife sneak out and fuck hoes you know drink all your liquor blow weed probably play with your nose you know you do all these regular ass shits you're all fucked up you're all just like me we're all the same at the end of the day and then there's that outro skit where he kind of establishes himself as something greater and bigger, you know? Like, he's not just your basic shit. He plays landlord and whatnot. I thought this was fire. I thought this was a standout track. This is the best song I've heard so far, and I gave it a 4.75. But what if I said it gets better? Let's talk about thugging. Let's do it. Man, this song is probably like even better. This song is so good. It's got like a five on five straight up on this. The beat is just like got this. I don't know, man. It just feels right. Like you listen to it and your head just starts bopping and it just captures you in the energy. Like the beat feels as thugging as the lyrics. Like everything is smashing into that like gangster shit the way it's supposed to but again he keeps it through where it's not super grandiose it's not super over the top he maintains that level of solid real shit you know like yeah. uh people be like fred you ain't never lied fuck the rap shit my gangster been solidified still do my business on the side bitch if you if you polices then pay me no never mind i was thugging just like he comes through he stays true he earned his gangsta in a way the rap shit is whatever but really it's his business it's his acclimate it's his integrity that has gotten him to the point where he's at black and red laces in my number threes take a pull up off that wood and let that motherfucker breathe sit outside bust a bust a crib and let that motherfucker leave walk his ass back in and put him on his motherfucking knees and I like that. He's just sitting out there puffing on his shit. Somebody fucks around with him. He lets him walk out the house just to, like, put him back in, drop him on his knees, show him what to fuck it up. Yep. Um, I like the realness when he goes thugging, never taking no for an answer. Might just take a loss, but bitch, I'd rather take my chances. And something I've noticed in all the real, real ones is they're okay about the fact that you don't always win. You actually do, in fact, take losses and that this is a consequence of the game. But it's about taking the chance and knowing that you can win that is more important. Right. And I really enjoyed that. And I feel like he just kind of flows on through with this ambiance and this energy on this track. The music video is real hard. He's like kind of got a lot of guns and shit, like kind of like bringing you to the point of like, I really did this. I'm really from this world, you know, might move away one day, but I'm always going to belong to the streets. And then he goes into the chorus. I'm straight thugging and it feels so good and it feels so right. And it's just like, this is my life. This is the whole attitude that I've had you know since i've been there and he's kind of contextualized it all the way up into this point on this album so by the time this track drops you're kind of really feeling a level of empathy towards him due to the fact that he's contextualized the environment he's growing up in the fact that he has no choice but to live this life the fact that it's murky and gray the fact that he's not arrogant with it to a point where you just really feel like he's living that thug shit in a way like you're almost supposed to like he's like the embodiment of what it's supposed to be when he gets to this and it just feels doubled up with that anthemic nature of this track i, I think it's really fucking cool selling you the science of the street rap every motherfucking show i do is on the meat rack i done been to jail and did my best to not repeat that I'm trying to feed my family give a fuck about your feedback so that 
right there is just powerful. You know, he's showing you the the science of the street rap. So he's taking the music, the construction of what this is, and giving you the best possible version of it. He fucking kills it every time he goes live. He has, in fact, actually been to jail, but instead of wanting to go back and continuing to maintain the same lifestyle, he's trying to be different, be better, to feed his family, and he don't care what you think about it. Then after the feedback line, he goes critically acclaimed, but that shit don't mean a thing when you rocking mics and stealing microwaves cooking cane. So even if people really love your shit, it doesn't really matter if you're breaking the law and you're doing all this other crap because that's more like the focus of the life and the consequences that come with it. Don't let the knob hit your booty when, or sorry, never tripping on a damn, I'm too cold for you, brocos. Don't let the, the knob hit your booty when the door closed, bitch. She let me hit it because I'm thugging. So I guess he only fucks fine girls and he only gets to do it because he's thugging. Right. And then squares need not apply, etc., etc. I don't know. It seems like it, it just kicks in with this ambiance in that verse where he keeps it going ending it on when there's politics uh why the feds worried about me clocking on this corner when there's politicians out here getting popped in arizona so he's got like what do you care about me doing over here when there's real shit that y'all could be really worried about you know instead of me and my distribution and the third verse he keeps it going we're not against rap but we're against those thugs we can't be legit when every person in your clique sold drugs predicate felons in my faculty real killers can vouch for me teach a kid at the crib or your children might cop an ounce from me so he kind of quotes the government when they're like we're not against uh rap i think it's i'm sorry it's pastor calvin butts um and he goes we're not against rap but we are against those thugs and that is from the thuggish ruggish bone track from uh bone thugs in harmony mm-hmm. and uh that's an maybe intro- it's something that was like said like more like something that was said outside of like rap like maybe it was uh, it was, it was right? part of that like attack on gangster rap right. where it's like we're not against the art form known as rap as long as you're talking about shaking booties and stuff <laughs> that's totally okay but yeah. the gangster the reality rap because keep in mind like it's not like I- ice T I i think called it reality rap but it was like they were trying to convey this journalistic perspective of the hood and the environment that was being created yep. it's not meant to be this like glorification it's not like like what the Migos do with it is not, I think, the original intent of the gangster rappers. Um, but then it's like, you know, they're against the thugs. And then it's like kind of pointing out that in the perception of these people, you can't be legit when everybody's selling drugs around you and everybody's a felon. And if you're not careful, they might come buy weed from you because that's like the, the, the kids might come do that because like that's just the environment. And if you don't give them a more strict or better way out of it, what choice is there? Yep, exactly. Um, smoke out in a Chevy with us because in the past my low class black ass would serve my own fucking family members I hate to say it ain't no need to be discreet if she don't cop from me she get it from a person up the street because he thugging and yo she probably suck his dick for it she turned so it ain't shit to turn a trick for it and then it's like man and then his uncle had some girl that gave him the pipe and then he basically tried to rob somebody and died and you know like he's living on borrowed time because he's made it past the expiration date he realizes he's lived beyond like ethically or perhaps is the time of living past 25 but like um essentially the way his life goes his conscious weighs on him but he's he just puts it down like this is what i had to do i'm not gonna hide from it i'm gonna own what i did or just like the the ethical question of if i had sold these drugs to my family like my uncle would he still be alive 
would he have felt the need to rob or did i do the right thing by preventing her from going to suck dick for it because yo when you're tripping on that that's what's gonna happen and he knows it so it's like i think freddie gibbs does some interesting things with this track where it's just like showing that thugging is a real thing but a it's not like a desirable thing per se it's complicated it's messy but he kind of shows you the mentality that he at least brings to the table with it and i think i don't know it's real and i like that about it and then i like how it just kind of ends with like the police is down over here come on shit it just kind of like ends yep anyway i got it as a five like i said it's real cool yeah um like this one starts off by like it sounds like a like a movie like a like parent guidance like intro sort of thing um and just sort of like he's mean he's not scared of anything you know he's obviously like been through stuff and he's like ready for anything um and he never stops thugging and um and then like like in his lyrics um he describes like choking on his dick which is like or no spitting on his dick um and compares that to his lyrics so I thought that was like a new one and I appreciate that. So cool. Um, <laughs> so he's fly and he puts his dick all over the place and you know, he does what he does. And he talks about the fact that he knows like real killers and they can vouch for him and they know that he's just, you know, everything that he's saying is true. So you can trust murderers, I guess, um, is his proof. Um, I mean, I'll just take but his word for like it. It's more like from the sense that the like real, he's as, as hard and as gangster but as, it's he's, like as he's saying But it's like the streets accept him as real as opposed to fake. Like, he's got that clout and He's definitely not a studio gangster. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, his entire family was sort of involved in drugs. And then there's, like, a like a little clip from, like, an old movie at the end. Um, and it, like, it, it's like a nod to, like, how albums used to have, like, kind of little clips like that on it. And it reminded me of MF Doom. And I don't know if when I wrote that, that like I knew that that's what Madlib was involved with. So I thought that that was just funny. And I think that that's, you know, clearly his influence is still here. Or Madlib is just like doing what he does. And that's cool. So, um, I mean, I don't love it as much as you do, but it's another cool song for sure. Um, I give it a 4.4 on 5. Fair enough. So we're going to end this part one here because we still got about half the album and that's what we've been doing. So let us know what you think uh, so far. Looking forward to seeing your comments. Um, don't worry, we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Jeezy as we start off the second tra uh, yeah. part. That's just what's going to happen. So feel free to subscribe to the channel to watch part two of more reviews. Hit that like button if you felt this shit. Talk to us in the comments. We'll talk back. Special thanks to the patrons. It's Milka Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Linda Williams, Coney Sparks, and Scribble. Their dope support will be do help us get a new camera. Yeah. We put up the very basic version of BehindThatSuit.com. Based on that, they helped us get that. I wrote up the whole first page, and then I hit delete. I got so fucking mad. So I was petty, and I haven't touched it since. I'm going to get that up, and we're going to build out the website now. So feel free to check on over there. And at some point, we'll have a newsletter thing for you to subscribe up to. And I don't know. You can, you can let us know what you want to see on BehindThatSuit.com and what you think should be a part of that site. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the yeah, 
People from the Patreon crew also get to request album reviews, such as this review requested by Connie Sparks, which is super dope. Um, anyway, so let us know what you think. I make music myself. You can check that out on Spotify, on this channel, all that stuff. Holden Stefanroy, The Alternative Grind is my last project. Looking forward to your feedback, and uh, you can uh, support that if you want. Yeah. On that note, we're going to get ready to record part two, so live long and prosper, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>